Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Well, hello, 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 listening audience. It's your girl, Barbara McGee, and this is Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. And I am so pleased and so excited to have gone through Memorial Day. We got a win with the Golden State Warriors. Yay, Warriors, right? And I'm here, I'm here in the penthouse today. I'm so excited to say, with my co-host, wealth expert, Rodney Vest. How you doing, Rodney? Hey, happy day to you. Happy day to you. And the Warriors brought the heat back to the Bay. And, baby, it's burning in here right now. All right? <laughs> and then we also have in the penthouse tonight, uh, on the couch, uh, Sister Lorraine Taylor, friend of the show. And uh, she represents 1,000 Mothers to Prevent Violence. And she's going to talk a little bit about what's going on in Atlanta and what's going along in, uh, going on in Oakland. And she's going to talk about some new moves uh, that her organization is making and some celebrations that are happening. Hello, Sister Lorraine. Welcome to the show. Uh, hello, Sister Barbara, and to your co-host and to all of, all of my beautiful friends there in the Greater Bay Area. I cannot wait to get back home. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, we're so excited for you. So uh, let me get right back to you. And, uh, okay, so Rodney, it's been really a privilege to uh, have an opportunity to be invited as press uh, for the diversity conference that we went to last Wednesday night with the City Council of Oakland, California, with uh, the real estate developers and some of the movers and shakers of Oakland and how they project for the future. Could you just kind of give us like a two-minute recap what your thoughts were about that whole meeting and uh, just tell us a little bit more about what you thought, your opinion. Well, I, I tell you, it was, to me it was a very positive opportunity for uh, African-Americans, black, colored, Negro entrepreneurs to re- to actually regain some visibility in the uh, in the Bay Area, you know, it, like you and I said, we're walking out. Man, this reminds us of what what the Chocolate City was like years ago, you know. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> it was and, all and of the, that, wasn't it? Yeah, in in the in the projection of of things that they were they were they were uh, looking to do, projects that they had completed, actually told me that. We have a presence here, but there's more needed. And the more that they were needed was said, we need to make job opportunities more visible here. We need to get our kids trained more to doing the type of job opportunities that are there for them to give them and possess and and. Uh, I, I, you know, I was, I was sitting there. I shook my head a couple of times, and I said, "Wow, wow! Everybody's saying the same thing. So we're all on the right path, and 
and we keep this large group of people meeting and talking and and, and uh, I think we're gonna I think we're gonna start seeing the sunshine come back up in our in our in our areas. I really do. Well, I, I really do agree, and I, and I want to just take a moment, uh, you know, on behalf of Teach to Five Sale and on behalf of Straight Talk with the Hired Brush, my co-host and executive producer, Rodney Best, I want to just thank the registry uh, uh, for inviting us. I want to thank the Impact Hub. I'd like to also thank the Commonwealth Plan of Action Committee. I'd like to thank uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Senator uh, Sandra Swanson. I would like to thank uh, elect, uh, let's see, Councilwoman Lynette McElhaney and some of the wonderful people that were on the panel. Mistress of Ceremonies, I'd can't like forget, to can't thank forget, them. Can't forget Nate Miley, too, you know. He was, he, exactly. Was Mr. Nate, I'd like to thank, yes, I'd like to thank uh, Regina uh, um, Bell, I believe her last name was, and also the man that put it all together who gave us a call uh Mr. Michael, and I hope I pronounced his name, DeFortney. I hope that I got that last name correct. But anyway, we plan to do a show and put together a piece that will include some of these players, and so you guys stay tuned for that. But right now, um, since we're talking about the conditions of cities and, and we're talking about what we can do as people of color to make our cities more safe, more sane, and to really move forward in the quest for a better life, better livelihood, and promise for our young people. Our friend of the show, Lorraine Taylor, uh, is the, um, well, she's got a lot of exciting things to report. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she's coming live from Atlanta. Yay! Yes! <laughs> so, Lorraine, um, why don't you first off uh, tell us a little bit about 1,000 Mothers. For those that don't know, uh, to prevent violence, give us a little uh, quick recap on that. Tell us why you're in Atlanta, and tell us why everybody needs to be in Oakland on June 8th at 2 o'clock. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, I am so, so grateful to hear hear the voice of my friend Barbara McGee and your co-host, Rod Beth. I think you guys really are the best in the Bay. You are the best in the world, really, bringing us the best. Oh, thank you. Just loving us enough to to help us to get the word out. 1,000 Mothers to Prevent Violence was actually born out of my own traumatic loss. In the year 2000, my beloved twin sons, Albadi and Obadiah, 22-year-old college students, were murdered while working on a car in Oakland. And that event changed my life forever. I was a social worker at the time. I had no idea how to grieve. I had no idea, first of all, that violence would come to my door. And it was kind of not not smart to think that you have to be out there doing something bad to lose your life because we know that many people, including my twin sons, were just innocent. And many I have talked to have been caught in a crossfire. Children were just caught in the crossfire in that dangerous city of Oakland, in some areas of Oakland. All of Oakland, of course, is not dangerous. So I had a couple nervous breakdowns, and uh, today I can just say praise God that he has really given me strength uh, to take my grief and my pain and turn it into something positive. As As long as I'm helping people, 
you know, I'm doing all right. I cannot say that I don't miss my babies and, and that it doesn't hurt still. But we keep it moving, Barbara and Rodney. We, we just keep on asking for directions from the Holy Spirit as I refer to him because if he directs our path, everything is going to be all right. So that's how One Thousand Mothers was born. Our mission, of course, is to ease the detrimental impact of violence on homicide victims, survivors, and victims of gun violence by providing ongoing compassionate support and services. Well, we admire you for everything you're doing, particularly how you've changed your personal inertia through the pain that you've gone through, how you were able to retool your life and, and create a new purpose and allow God to help you to find a way to service others who are in the same similar predicament and don't quite know how to apply for services, don't know what's out there, don't know how to get over, don't know how to heal. Now, and he, he, I, uh, uh-huh. go ahead. Yes, Barbara, even those of us who know how, it's just finding the strength to face uh, what we call the undescribable, indescribable pain of accepting such a loss. I, I, I mean, I have a couple degrees. In fact, I'm here in Atlanta because I, I recently finished my doctor of ministry, which uh, enables me to be better equipped to serve my community. But even with well, the we, well, if, had, we had, if we had something right now to give you a standing ovation, Oh. Rodney, we would give her a standing ovation. Oh. And at this moment, we know that we should be addressing you as Dr. Taylor. Oh, so my God, we give so you a standing ovation for that. That's so sweet. That's but, right you know, right it's not about me, though. I knew that I needed to better equip myself to serve my community. And I just had a hunger and a thirst for more knowledge and and hunger and thirst after God's righteousness because the wisdom that I have is I get it from God. I have none of my own, so I look to God. I look to his word for wisdom. And so he told us to study, and that's what I want to do. I just want to be the best representative possible. So I'm really humbled by by the blessing of being able to get through this program. I really am. And I just love God, and I love my community so much. And we have been multitasking because on June 8th, which will be my twin son's birthday, we are going to launch 1,000 Mothers Safety App. Now, let me tell you how God works in my life. You know, I, okay. I have this desire a long time ago because there are so many cold cases, so many unsolved cases in the city of Oakland. And when we sat down and talked with the police department and try and investigate why is because of lack of forensic, lack of lack of evidence. With one thousand mother safety app, I hopefully people will use it uh, for the purpose intended. If if in case of an emergency you can notify your network first, uh, by pressing the green button and by pressing the red you can notify law enforcement. With the video that will tape everything around you, and it will go to the clouds automatically. So if you lost your phone or if 
device reason some, something happened to your phone, the evidence is still there. And we believe that this is going to really, really help and and helping little children like Destiny, 11 years old, who got caught in a crossfire, she said, and doesn't feel safe walking home from school. And for the community who know that chances are that the murderer is not going to be brought to trial because the DA will only receive a case if there is solid evidence. And with uh, videotaping of an emergency, which we hope never, ever, ever happens, the Delson case, uh, this this is, this app is going to be a blessing. We are going to have uh, uh, Reverend Rufus Watkins and Pastor Virgil Childs of Market Street Seven Day Adventist Church come and bless it because we want God's blessing to be on this. We want His favor on every single thing that we do, and it's not for our fame, not for our glory. It's for His glory, and it's to help our our people, help our community. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know what? I, I have to say, I have to take this moment to say that on June 8th uh, at City Hall in the city of Oakland, uh, from 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock there will be a reception, and there will also be uh, the celebration of uh, Dr. Lorraine Taylor's sons who were lost to gun violence. Uh, if you're interested to get out and support, we're asking that all people come and support. Uh, Everybody, you're listening to Straight Talk with the Hired Brush, and we got a caller on the line. Caller, you're live on Straight Talk. State your name, and uh, do you have a question for Dr. Taylor tonight? Hello? Okay. Well, we have a listener, and we love listeners. That's how we move forward. So, yes. um, everybody, you're listening to T25CL, and uh, this is Galaxy Talk Radio, who brings us and allows us to be here gives us the privilege to come live in your home. We also would like to let you know that uh, Straight Talk is on Tuesday nights, and we also have other shows programming that goes Wednesday through us uh, Friday. So we're uh, really moving forward. You guys can go to the website, which is www.t25cl, and check out our programming. Uh, Lorraine, uh, yes. tell us a little bit about, So I, okay, so I have my phone. And all of a sudden, I see something brewing. So I take my phone and I press the app, and it allows me to film or it directs me to how I can um, save this information and send it on to uh, other agencies who can help me. Is there, what, if, what, if, what if I've just been involved in something and I need grief counseling? Is there... Something mm-hmm. in the app that can bring someone to my home? How does that well, work? Well, it's, no, it's not, we don't have that that one yet, Barbara, but we are available. 1,000 Mothers to Prevent Violence, uh, the safety app is just another program added to the services that we currently provide, which is making home visits, providing COPE grief support groups um, at Market Street Seven Day Adventist Church on second Saturdays. We partner with the Oakland Police Department and other agencies call us if there is a loss and ask if we could help this family. And we have uh, many ways of assisting. Everyone is not ready for support groups, so we'll make a home visit. And we, uh, using my my newly learned skills and uh, skills experience from the last eight years, just pretty much listen 
to see what the needs are, and we try and help the family from there. So while we the app doesn't include the counseling part, it's more of an emergency uh, uh, app that you can press. Now, Kevin McGarry, Kevin McGarry, who is the brainchild behind this, will be available on June 8th to walk us all through it. Now, the app will be available on tomorrow through all of the Apple stores in the United States and, and in other countries where you can just go to Apple and download 1000 Mothers app. And if you have any other questions, of course, come to the conference on June 8th. We have a press conference, and following that, we'll have a reception for us. 2 o'clock is the press conference, 3 o'clock is the reception. And any questions that you will have, uh, Kevin McGarry, who uh, is, is been just so it's so many details into getting this app together. I we just want to applaud him for his kindness and for his genius in making this available. And his concern, he's very concerned about, about our community. Absolutely. Well, you know, if, if you know, if I could, if I could interject, I, you know, I have to commend you, Lorraine. I have to commend you, Lorraine, because you know, being out in the uh, life insurance business for, for over thirty-two years, I had the um, unfortunate pleasure of burying quite well quite a few of uh, of African American males, young males, going back to um to the young Goler gentleman that was up on ninety eighth Avenue. He was my, oh my, my, first, my 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 one of my first and then I had a had the other young gentleman, uh Pam's um Epps, I think it was uh her her um first son <laughs> um, I buried him in, in in the in the largest one that I that I had was uh you know with Chauncey Bailey in two thousand seven. So, yeah. You know, yes. And the the thing that the thing that I like about what's going on with what your movement is implementing is an opportunity for us to have eyes on. Yeah. And then yes. after the after the eyes on has occurred, the family begins to have a place where they can gain the knowledge to bring some settlement and closure. You see, that's mm-hmm. just one of the things. One of the things that I didn't find with a lot of uh, my clients in with uh, with with other families that had uh, unfortunate incidents, like they didn't know how to come to closure because they didn't know what things the county provided for them. They didn't know what things the state provided for them. And and your your whole movement is everything that I seen that's gonna be needed that is being that is needed in of teaching us. It's teaching oh. all how to come to closure where before it was call your insurance man and your insurance man can help you get closure. But there are so many out there without insurance that we still oh. gotta get the information to them. You know? Absolutely. And I think this this is great. So so my I, I applaud you and I hope as you continue to walk in, in, in your ministry that that you're blessed because see my ministry is to teach life. Your ministry yes. is welcome. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, so I have a question. And uh, my question is, is that, you know, I've sat in very, uh, various support groups with you, and I know that uh, this, is, this is your duty. This is your calling. And I've seen how um, helpful it can be to be able to just sometimes sit and be silent and just sometimes uh-huh. sit and be able to talk a little bit about some of these things that have happened to us. I mean, when we think about 
you know, having such a tragedy in our lives, some of us who have not experienced that have a bit of a stretch to understand what the needs would be. And so what I have noticed uh, that I just wanted to mention is that um, when people come to group, it it seems that, um, you know, okay, let me rephrase this. What would be the major two to three issues that you would say are most prevalent when people come to group or when you're triaging people and helping them uh, find their way on this journey? What would be like maybe three things that uh-huh. would be most uh, prevalent? Well, first of all, we want to let them know that they are loved, that they are not going to be judged by the way they grieve, and that there is a level of confidentiality uh, that that they can feel safe. We want our support group to be a safe place. For example, uh, a mother comes in, and in many cases a father comes in, and we may be in a church setting, and, and their language may not be commensurate with our language. They may speak French, as we call it. And rather than saying, oh, no, you can't say that bad word, we actually encourage people to speak whatever is inside of them. Because if you know the scripture said it's not what goes into you that defiles you, it's what comes out, comes from your heart. We want to hear your heart, and we are not going to judge you, whether your heart is is what we call sanctified or not, because we know that Jesus understands French like he understands anything else. And a lot of times when people say the bad words and they are angry and they are bitter, it's because of the pain, and we want to give them that space to to feel free to hurt, feel free to grieve, and just know that we are going to be there. We're not going to judge them. We're going to love them, and we're listening for the need. That's what my ear is listening for. What is it? What? How can we help you get to the next step? You know, uh, Rodney, what I found was really interesting is, uh, you know, without singling anybody out, I noticed a couple of uh, very acute issues. One of them uh, was housing, and like a lot of these things happen, and, you know, Rodney, it's really shocking um, that people right around you or even yourself know the culprit. You know who did it. They were in the neighborhood. They grew up. Maybe they even ate at your table. Maybe mm-hmm. it happened in front of you, and you have an ex- a, a special certain kind of knowledge. But because of the culture, because of the danger, because of your proximity of your other family members, you really can't say. So you have to keep quiet. You have to not be so open with this uh, information. And so a lot of times housing becomes immediately the issue. People have to be relocated. I I, I I, I concur with you that housing could be... And uh, 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 actually, one of the issues, but I think the top issue. Now, you, you, now both of you, you got to get ready for this one. The top issue is that there is a pool of funds that are available when this stuff occurs, and it's never been tapped. Mm. I mean, it's been it's been sitting there for years and years. Our kids are getting shot down in the street these days, whether they're fighting themselves or getting shot from someone else, and we didn't have 
the education, the know-how to assess these funds. But I bet you if we start accessing these funds, the county, the state of California is going to say, hey, hey, whoa, hold it, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're paying out too much money now. Mm-hmm, we we mm-hmm. we gonna have to put some controls in place to to to, to kind of to kind of wash this thing out because see when there's no education of what to do how to right. protect we get we we get a challenge of looking at well it was it was my neighbor next door it's my neighbor next, no if we would have had a protection the like the suburban communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the rural communities don't have it. If we would have the same protection in the urban communities, there wouldn't be that massive amount. There wouldn't be that questionable attitude in, in a, a, a handling of, of certain people in certain communities. It would be uh-huh. a little bit more equality. So now with Lorraine, Dr. Lorraine, <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's go show them how to tap the, the money and watch the protection come back, baby. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Wow. My son Gregory had a similar uh, similar solution to the violence in the streets. He said, Mom, I want you to tell every mother who has an African-American son to get a million-dollar policy. And I guarantee you when the insurance companies get you paying out, they're going to be out there marching with us too. So I know you sell insurance, Mr. Best. There it is. You know, where we're saying violence is big business, somebody is is, is uh, getting some money off of this violence, and we need to give it to those people who have been impacted by it. You are so right. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, it's very interesting. Uh, I just was watching with my daughter just a few minutes ago the news. Forty-two people shot over Martin Luther. Uh, I mean, over the Memorial Day uh, three-day weekend in Chicago. Forty-two, oh and um, it's just uh, they had children on, and they were showing how the children were so marred by seeing one scene: his father shot, murdered in the front yard. One scene: the 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 brother shot. He survived. Out of all the four or five kids there, there was only one survivor, and she um, was just in tears. It just broke my heart. But, you know, it's very interesting because even when we went to the Diversity Commonwealth Plan of Action for Oakland's vision of what is going to be in the future, Uh you know, um, many people realize, people of color realize that we are underprotected. So, you know, oh, if, we were, if we were to make a drive to ensure every person in Oakland for a million dollars, I know for sure that it would end the violence immediately. Let let, let one or two policies be paid out, and then they would uh-huh. change the law. So, so I tell you. What kind of hey, policy hey, will we be looking for? Tell us. Hey, let me let me let me let me share this with you because you know it's it's happening and and here's here's now we with that we put it on the table. Let's let me show you how it's happening. You know when we don't have a community or a neighborhood, okay? We used to have communities and neighborhoods where there was a large congregation of us. In the insurance company, the insurance company had to say, 
okay, I'm putting money back into that neighborhood and that community because I can see where there is uh, life insurance for the next 25, 30 years where these people are going to receive over $50 million. Uh-huh. Now, 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 think. Here, here we go. I ask both of you to think. Focus on what you see when I put the word town. Name me a town. Chinatown, right? Uh-huh. town. You got India town. You got Afghanistan. You got the landlocked, uh, uh, borderlocked Caucasian town. Mm-hmm. How much insurance do you think is in those towns? Wow. You see how they get the dollars? But mm-hmm. you, don't have, you don't have large African-American neighborhoods or towns anymore. We don't have that. We've, we've, let, we've allowed all the diversity to come in, move our kids. Our kids are, kids are believing they're totally unsafe as opposed to us facing our problems amongst ourselves. We're moving away and letting diversity come in, and they say, well, you know, we don't really need to, to give no funds in those towns because there's nothing going on in that town. There's no but do you think that's something in, in the Bay Area, Rodney? Because here in Atlanta, I see so many of us everywhere I go. Here at the Marriott, where I I live for the weekend, I saw more African Americans than anyone else. That's that's one town. Uh huh. It was interesting. That's, that's, I said, "Oh my God, this is so interesting." That's oh, one town. The, but, east, the but, east Coast range. The East Coast is much different than the West Coast. But all I'm saying, but I'm looking at it on a, let's look at it at a national level. If you mm-hmm. go into a state, you go into a state, there's thousands of cities. And even inside the, inside the cities, there are little towns that are geared towards other nationalities. You don't find little towns nationally geared towards African-American, colored, Negroes, or black. I mean, the perfect right. example, perfect example, you guys just said Chicago. Chicago is being rebuilt. They are killing them. They're killing them to get them out of there because they say, they say I'm not going anywhere. So now they're mm. killing them. That's so you, sad. Do you hear about life insurance policies going to these families that are being killed? Do you, do you hear about, well, you know, uh, 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 this is going on now and the community's moving because there was a presence of, of, of uh, people who were a little bit, little bit more fluent to, to needs and means you, you don't hear that, but but hey, let let something happen to a individual from one of these other towns that I spoke with you about, and I guarantee you, you won't hear that they don't have a living trust, they don't have an estate plan, they don't have uh, you know assistance of post life uh, type of uh, opportunities, and, and you know it's, it's just something for us to take a hard look at as we are redirecting ourselves, not recreating ourselves, but we are mm-hmm. starting to face our challenges. Face our problems. Yes, we do have to. We do have to educate our our people, Rodney. And I think that's a great. You know, I'm more inspired by listening to you to to be more organized. And we just we really do need to organize our community. Well, you know what? We've got a couple of calls, everybody. You're listening to Straight Talk with the Hired Brush. It brought to you by Teachers5CL.com. Let's see who's on the line. Okay. Listener, did you have a question or comment for our panel tonight? 
Okay, we still have somebody listening. That's okay. Uh, I think we've got Lady Rose. Is this Lady Roslyn from Los Angeles? It is, Miss Barbara. How are you? Oh, yay! I'm so excited to get you on the line. Man, this is my, I feel like it's Christmas. My two favorite ladies in the world. I love oh, them. thank you, Barbara. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, 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 having, we're, we're having a little discussion now. Uh, Rosalind uh, has a show on Wednesday nights called Rosalind's Corner, and oh. she is our entertainment director. Now, we're talking a little bit, as you know, I know you just came on, but you were probably listening. We're talking about 1,000 Mothers to Prevent Violence. We have Dr. Lorraine Taylor here in the penthouse with us, and she has been afforded the opportunity to have an app. And this app, you have it on your phone. It's available tomorrow. You can download, and then you can use that in case of emergency of violence that you witness. It goes up in the cloud, and you can feel a little less responsible for forwarding it on to the police. So my point for you, Rosalind, is you live in Los Angeles, and uh, we just talked about the violence in Chicago. What do you think about the violence in uh, Southern California in the Los Angeles area, and how do you think we can remedy some of this as just general citizens? You know, sometimes it's so hard to ascertain what's going on in these neighborhoods because the neighborhoods are so violent. Just uh-huh. today, just today uh, I had one of my church members who lives in the Wilmington, in Wilmington slash Compton area. There's two killings just within this, this week, <laughs> just this week. I mean, it is um, so bad. And, I, you know, sometimes you want to, Say, you know, what can we do as mothers, as parents, as as uh, people of the community to curb the violence? But, you know, sometimes you're so lost for words that it's so hard to say, oh, my goodness. It's, um, it's so hard to hear of the death of so many young people. Young people, uh, those are the future. And here in L.A., you know, I mean, it's notorious. It's, it's really notorious um, with the gangs, you, you know, and, and all the violence that's going on in, in the neighborhood. And so, I mean, as as a mother, um, I have no sons, but I do have grandsons. Um, and to know that there are individuals out there who don't take a second thought at taking their lives, it's, it's heart-wrenching, really. It's really heart-wrenching. I just don't know really actually how we got here. I really, Rodney, uh, Lorraine, uh, mm-hmm. Rosslyn, I, I, you know, I just don't know how we got here to the point where our young people in our inner cities, let me, let, me, let me tell you what happened to me yesterday. Yesterday I went to go watch the Golden State Warriors play, and I was in a predominantly white community at a restaurant they had all the games on. Everybody is, yo, go, Warriors, right? Sitting next to a gentleman who uh, I talked to a little bit about um, 1,000 Mothers, and I, I always talk about some of the things that um, I'm involved with because I want to keep that in the face of people who enjoy a certain comfort zone. And so I was explaining to him uh, 
the complications of inner city life for black and brown people. And it was really interesting how he told me, he said, you know, Oakland is ghetto. (laughs) And it's about time that they clean it up. And at any cost, they should clean it up. And I'm glad that they're cleaning it up. Wow. And then he said, places like Piedmont, you know, very expensive, Montclair, you know, cities like that are the are the way of the future. And if black people really want to be in the future, they need to look to those progressive cities. And I'm sitting there listening to him talk, and it was shocking. People at the bar turned around and were looking at him. The people oh. behind me were looking. Everybody's looking at him because Piedmont, Montclair, they're all neighborhoods of Oakland, California. The team that we were watching was the Golden State Warriors, which were playing in Oakland, California. Uh Okay, so the idea of how the public perceives the problem, just the general joke, is that the problem is in predominantly black communities, and the only way to get rid of it is to clean it out. And, uh-huh. I, I, you know, that, 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 that just irked me so bad, I was screaming at him before I got out of there. I had to tone myself down. So I would like to just go around the panel and each person tell me, what do you think about someone who perceives um, displacing entire communities, but still they love our swag, they love our art, they love our creativity, they love our music, they love everything about us except us. Well, you know, Barbara, I I had an experience not long ago where I had to go to a school and advocate for an eight-year-old who had been suspended, and I suggested that it may have been racially motivated. And when we got to the meeting, the first thing they said, well, we want to talk about the racial uh, implication. I said, no, we are not going to talk about the racial implication. We're going to talk about the young man, eight-year-old, suspended for throwing a pencil across the classroom. And then at the end, we'll talk about the racial implication. At the end, I said, okay, let's talk about the racial implication after we got the suspension reversed. In fact, we got it reversed before I, I set foot on that campus. And so it's not so much that it's not that black people are bad in their eyes. If if the Caucasians, many of them who have confessed to me, it's because of their all fragility. There was an attorney in a group called Black and White Work to Reconnect who said to, to the group, an attorney uh, colleague stood her ground, and he called her hostile. And he had to repent to her and say, no, I'm sorry. You're not hostile. You're very intelligent. I am just fragile. Many of these people have been bred and born and racism, and the only eye they can see through is that eye because they have not been, uh, their minds have not been renewed. They have not repented of being part of this problem. And it's those people who feel that in order to so-called clean it up, they need to do what they're doing, but it's their hearts that need to be clean, in my opinion. I I agree. I want to go to Roslyn. 
Rosalind, you're in Southern California. You're in entertainment. You know, I know that you edify yourself with gospel music, but I know you see both sides. Uh, my question for you is, is, do you see that? Do you see that people, the general public, other citizens, other communities see us as the problem and see us as being in the way of progress? How do you, how do you feel about that? Well, yes, and, you know, I agree with uh, my sister. You know, it's fear. It's fear. And the way that they perceive us, it's like you said, you know, they, they, they want our, like they, they want our swag, they want our music, they want our, our, our style of dress, they want our, our style of talk, you know, but they don't want us. And it's, it's, um, it's really disturbing because even down here in L.A., you, you see, you know, the, the uh, Caucasian, the white boys, they, they, they got their pants down below their butts and all that kind of stuff, you know, but yet still they, they're, they're not. Um, accepting us as black people as who we are. And so it's, um, it's mind-blowing <clears throat> because they're perceiving us one way but really want to dealing with, deal with us in another. They, wanna, they don't want to accept us as a people, just our style and our music and, uh, you know, all those things that have to do with, with what we are. That's what we are. This is who we are. And they don't want to accept that. Now, let me, let, me, let me back up right here because there are some Caucasians, there are some, you know, you can find a handful that uh, do understand or do uh, respect us for who we are. But like you know, they're, they're far and few in between. Um, and you look at our country today, it's such a divide. It's such a racial divide going on in, in this country. Not only just Los Angeles or Oakland or Chicago, it is across this nation. And it's, it's really heart-wrenching to see the mindset that it seems that we're going back in the old days. Even in the old days, you know, back then, you know who your enemy was. You know the white man didn't like you. He was about to hang you from a tree. Mm-hmm. But today... Today, they smile in your face, and then behind that closed door, they're ready to stab you in the back. So, you know, sometimes you feel like you want to go back in the old days because you know who your enemy was. And he wasn't afraid to tell you, you you know, the N-word, hey, I'll hang you from a tree. You know, okay, you avoid that. But now, um, the fact that they want to delve into our creativity, they want to delve into our, 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 our culture and who we are without being who we are, you know. And so it's, 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 um, it's just difficult. It's, it's difficult. Yes, it's shocking. Rodney, I want to go to you, Rodney. Rodney Beth, wealth expert, what is your position on this? Because you are African-American man doing business in, a, in, in what was a chocolate city. I'm going to I'm a, I'm a, I'm a try to hit these three points I was uh, – uh, thinking about it since the uh, two guests were speaking. First first and in, in, in foremost, we as a people in this nation have taken our eyes off the pie. You see, when I say we're taking our eyes off the pie, you know, you, you, you're asking the, we're asking the federal government and the state government to alleviate things and remove things. 
But if we were to look at the large financial institutions and start demanding them to put money back into a neighborhood, I think we could see a different growth. I mean, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying the bank has to open up a bank in our neighborhood because we allow that law to be changed that a bank has to do business within six miles of people who have accounts with them. So mm. they, 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 shut down, they shut down the accounts in the community and they moved away. We let them get away with that. Now let's turn back to them. But instead of turning to the banks, why not turn to the insurance industry? Look, come on, folks. Come on. GEICO is an automobile industry. We give them thousands and thousands of dollars, just like we give thousands and thousands of dollars to life insurance companies. The question is, how much money are they putting back into the growth of the community? No one's asking that today. New York mm-hmm. Life Insurance, I was, when I was there, I used to say, hey, why come we can't advertise locally? Well, you can't do this. But I'm just saying to you, let's think whose pocket can we get in and start coming back? You know, because if we we don't come back, we're going to have individuals like that gentleman that you encountered, Barbara, because over the weekend, this past weekend, I went to Kaiser. I had to take my mom to the emergency room. I'm getting her checked in. She gets checked in. They get ready to draw blood. So I go back out in the lobby, and I sit, and this gentleman starts coughing. So I get up and politely go over and get a mask. I say, sir, I say, here, uh, you know, let me let me offer you these. He gets in my he, – he didn't get up. He said, get away from me. You don't know who I – you don't know. You don't know anything about me. I have asthma. I can't even use math, and I don't like niggers. So get out of my face, nigger. What? Oh, it, no. now we're we're in we're in Kaiser emergency room, and and I and I said you know I said but see the Jesus in me was what he mm. said because I offered him something that was going to help him and protect the others. So I didn't say anything. I moved on away from him, and he goes up to the to the front desk, and the the, the nurse she started checking him in. And he kept going on, yeah, you know, I'm from some foreign country, but he was an immigrant here in Oakland, California. And he said, said, yeah, I don't like niggers, you know, because niggers just can't can't trust me. And all of a sudden, the security officers, they heard him, and they called him. (laughs) They called for backup because they didn't know whether he was going to go off. Now, the whole time I turned around and started watching, you know, the, the, the Warriors game on Friday night. But, but, <laughs> and the next thing, hey, but look, get this now. Now picture this: he's sitting with his face to the to the to the nurse, and he didn't see the security guards approaching him coming from the doorway. So he's still talking to her about me giving him a mask, and he said, "Yeah." And the word "nigger" came out of his mouth. And the security guards didn't say anything. He just happened to turn, look to the right side of his shoulder, and there was five black security guards standing right behind him. <laughs> that, 
that man, <laughs> he melted in his seat. I'm telling you. He melted <laughs> in his seat. It, but, you know, I'm just saying that to say, see, that's what's coming into the urban development, the urban growth community. Well, we don't know. Today we don't know because we don't have the neighborhoods like Lorraine says she's seeing down south in Atlanta. We don't have that where we can say, all right, we know who moved into our neighborhood. We know what companies are putting money into our neighborhood. Yes, you know, exactly. You know, those are the two things. Those are the two things that I think, as we we focus on, we need to really focus on them. Who's who's who is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. What, what who is who is my neighbor? Absolutely. Yes. Hey, everybody, you're listening to Straight Talk with the Hired Breath, and we're brought to you by Galaxy Talk Radio, and this is a, um, the amazing T25CL Network. Uh, you can reach us at www.t25cl.com. Order some music, download some films. Hey, you can get Rosalind Jordan Mills' CD. She's on the line right now. Go check it out and see uh, exactly what she has to offer and listen to her. Yeah. Hey, we got somebody on the call right now. Hey, listen, you're live on Straight Talk. Why don't you state your name and tell us a little bit you've been listening. Give us a question or comment. Go ahead. Well, this is Sandra, and I am enjoying the show. Uh, Hello, we, Sandra Keys. So yeah. nice to have you. Yeah. Hi. How are you? We I'm are well, thank you. I'm enjoying the show. We do, as black people, have a multitude of issues going on in our community. Um, our, our kids are killing each other. Our neighbors, our communities are changing. Um, uh, gentrification is nationwide. Um, I know I just went back east. My family lives in New Jersey, and my mom was telling me that people are always knocking on her door trying to get her to of her house. So I, I thought that was weird. People were knocking on your door to get you to sell your house. Yeah, people from New York, you know, white, young, up-and-coming people uh, trying to buy, you know, the brownstones and are coming in, changing the neighborhood. And yes. I thought to myself, that's crazy. That is crazy. You can yes. get in there with people knocking at your door how many times in the week? She said more than you can believe. I just thought that was just weird. Well, well, you know, Sandra, let me tell you, my aunt, I have a wonderful, beautiful aunt that lives in, she's got a beautiful home in Altadena, California. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with Altadena. And she says three times a week people knock on her door and ask her, not only do you want to sell your house, but isn't there somewhere you want to move? Wow. And she's been on that corner since 1965. And they're coming into her neighborhood asking, isn't there somewhere else you'd like to move? Ah, so, you know, I don't know why we are not perceived as being part of the uh, improvement and part of the reshaping and retooling and diversifying of the neighborhoods. I mean, you know, if you come into the neighborhood, many people, Rodney, I've noticed in Oakland, uh, Lorraine, you know, where my church is, 900 Market Street, you know, we have white people, we got Chinese people who don't even live in the country who have bought some of these homes that were actually uh, homes that were owned by black people in the past, 
and they sit on the property. Mm. So you'll look, you'll look, and you'll see three or four really horrible-looking properties, and you think they're abandoned, but inside. There's this person that lives there that's got piercings and tattoos and they got a crew cut. And they're waiting on a signal before they decide to improve it. And I think the signal is when we're all moved out. That's what I really honestly think. And then they move together on going forward. So my position is that we're missing the information on how to be involved in the future development of these cities. I want to start yeah. with Lorraine. Go ahead. What do you think about that, Dr. Taylor? I think that is an act of violence. I really do. We we think of violence as physical a lot, but this is really part of the problem. When when we are uh, discriminated against, seen and viewed as such, it's, uh, it's inward violence. And I think that black people... People of color have to have to understand what the problem is because being manipulated. This is not the first time I heard about that. In fact, someone was talking to me just to just yesterday about uh, being forced, and well, not being forced out of the community in San Francisco. It's uh, the fact that they have been forced. The African American community is so small in San Francisco because they choose to take the money and leave the property, knowing that the money is is just not worth it. You want to hold on to your property. Exactly. Mhm, mhm. Well, let's go to let's go to uh, uh, Roslyn in Los Angeles, Roslyn. Uh, are you seeing this same uh, mass exodus of black people from one community to the next? Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in L.A. Uh, well, you, you know, each each neighborhood is, is so diverse. You, you go to, um, I don't know, right here in Los Angeles, even South Central. I mean, um, even Compton. Compton used to be, you know, when you talk about Compton, you think about all oh, just black folks, just black folks. Uh, not anymore. It's uh, a lot of Hispanics that have moved there now. Um, but you know what? I wanna, I wanted to um, reiterate on what Rodney was talking about about bringing, you know, um, the economy back into the back into our neighborhoods and building our neighborhoods with the diversity. Um, when we had this riot here in Los Angeles, the Rodney King riot, and all the businesses that were burned down, um, and everybody was, you know, in an uproar. Why are these black people burning down their businesses? Just burning down their businesses, you know? They're 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 losing money. They're losing money. But the fact of the matter is, is that these businesses that were down here were not owned by black people. That's right. Black people lose no money. The right. thing of it is that black people, we were spending money in these neighborhoods to, to to owners that did not live in our neighborhood. That money was being spent in our neighborhood and taken out of our neighborhood. Absolutely. If, if and 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 I know that during those riots, you know, people would mark on their buildings, black owned, black owned. Don't don't burn my building. I'm black owned, which was very few in between. But the fact of the matter is. 
is what's key is to bring the economy back into our neighborhood. Spend our money into our neighborhood. Support our our our, our manufacturers who are black owned. Support our our you know um, entrepreneurs, those who, who who know how to cook, those who know how to make great clothes. And you know, there's there's some shops down here that are black owned where women make the most beautiful clothes. And you know that they're black clothes, especially when you when you go into church. And you see these beautiful hats and these beautiful outfits, you know, in these small shops. So the fact is that I, I can go down to Rancho Cucamonga or I can go out to, you know, like you said, Altadena or Pasadena or, or where, wherever you, the case may be. But the fact is that you, when you concentrate on um, uh, the diversity of different neighborhoods, you know, when people, when black people think about, you know, you know, I want to live in the neighborhood where my folks are, where my people are. We want to build up our neighborhood. We want to have those beautiful homes. We want to have those, you know, beautiful structures and those businesses that don't want to leave our neighborhood, those banks that don't want to leave our, our neighborhood, uh, those insurance companies that don't want to leave our neighborhood. The thing of it is, is that when we take this to our legislature, our congressperson, whomever that person may be that can present this to, you know, the, 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 the powers that be, that we want to build our neighborhood. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I remember, I remember when I had uh, a show that, that uh, I had uh, uh, segregation or integration. Which one would you prefer? Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of there was a number of people who came on and said, you know what? If we stuck with segregation, I think we might have been a little better off. <laughs> so it it it, mm-hmm. it, it, it it there's a different mindset when we think about the different neighborhoods. I mean, I can see even with when we go out to Rancho Cucamonga and these these uh, Orange County and Irvine neighborhoods, you know, there is a nice nice diversity, you know. Of, of nationalities, but not so much a lot of blacks. But the fact of the matter is, is we still need to concentrate on uh, building up our neighborhoods and, and building black-owned establishments. Well, you know what I like? I really appreciate that comment because that just stirs up so much emotion. I, just, I, I know that uh, Sister Lorraine Taylor is here with us. And what she said about it being violence against us, well, you know what? I, 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 I concur. With that, uh, Sister Rosalind, in the sense that um, if you don't see me in your future, if you like me, you're drawn to me, and you want to duplicate me, you want to emulate me, but you don't see me in your future, then guess what? You don't hire me. So Mm -hmm. when you don't hire me, you give me the death sentence right then and there. That's the death sentence because I am not going to be able to afford this new city that you're developing, the new way of thinking, the false value that you're putting on the property that you want to ascertain. And that property is going to be 30 to 40% more than when I was living there means as signaling a group of people that I won't be there. Because if I'm not being hired and I don't have money to pay that rent, to pay that mortgage, to stay in that area, then that's signaling other people who have the money, hey, let's go move there because they won't be there. They're getting cleaned out. So we're starting to really see that this is much more than just black. And I always have said, uh, Dr. Taylor, 
that when a crime is unsolved, we should never allow people to tell us that it's black-on-black crime. Now, right. Sister, Sister Lorraine, what do you say about the unsolved amount of, 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 of homicides that lie on the books right now in Oakland, California? What percentage would you say per year are solved? Oh, less than 10%, and, and that amount, and, um, and within that 10% is mostly Caucasians. We have only a few Caucasians in our support group, but those cases tend to be solved quicker, and, uh, and it's just the way it's been. It was, I think it was in 2007, I shared the platform with then-Governor Schwarzenegger, and I spoke to a group of people at the Capitol, uh, Sacramento, Capitol Hill, and I said to them, if we can send a man to the moon, we can stop the violence here in the city of Oakland and the communities that are mostly affected by violence. You cannot tell me that it's impossible, and I think that, unfortunately, it's intentional, that these cases are not being solved. The implication is when murder cases go unsolved is that any murderer who wants to come into that community can come there and get away with murder. You, I just don't believe that it's impossible to solve these cases. I think that it's more intentional, unfortunately. Right. So does your app, uh, is it, it, will your app be able to take donations as well? I mean, oh, oh to... yes, it, yes, it will. In fact, that's, that was one of the reasons we wanted to make it free so that no one would feel like they have to pay a dollar a year, even if a dollar sometimes is a challenge for a lot of people, and we wanted to make it free. And for those who can donate a dollar or five dollars, we do accept donations. And when one is downloaded, I think there is, a, I was told by uh, Mr. McGarry that there is a donate button right there for people to make a donation. I try not to let that be the subtopic of my conversation when we are loving and concerned about our community because I, I just, we we need the funding and everything, and I have come to the conclusion that they are not going to give it to us unless we're really, really involved in the politics and politicking. I refuse to be bought and, and caught up into that. So we appreciate whoever who can give a free will offering. We don't want anyone to feel pressure to give anything because I know for a fact that God will provide for us somehow in some way. But for doesn't he really doesn't he always he does always <laughs> it's a it's yes. a perfect thing. It's a perfect thing that he does. So Rodney, I, I, I want I want to um I want to uh give you a, a couple of minutes to wrap it up. We're at our hour. Sister Lorraine is coming in, it's probably eleven thirty in Atlanta where she is. So we don't Yes, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to keep her on too long. So, Rodney, uh, can you kind of wrap it up for us? I'll give you two minutes. Well, you know, this, I like I said, I, I totally concur with the movement of getting education to the people. And, I, you know, I, I really believe that as this group moves forward, there's going to be a few more lives saved. There's going to be I, – I think there's going to be – some answers coming forward and mm. the the awareness the awareness of where we can get 
funding from has come on the table. And, I, and I'm, I'm suggesting to all the groups, because we, got, we, got, we, have, we have a lot of different groups, a lot of different correlations, is to say to the insurance companies, give me some money. Okay. <laughs> Literally, give me some money. Because if Prudential only deals in the suburbs and not in the, in the urban communities, what, what is that? You 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 saying you saying I'm paying you I'm paying for a premium of life insurance and you're gonna determine where you're gonna spend my money? Mm-hmm. But my my grandmother live over here and come on folks to wrap to wrap it up, Doctor Taylor, you, you have you have sparked a, a a a light. You've got a bright star that's shining, and I hope that the people in urban America begin to 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 see. There's an opportunity here for us to gain knowledge of how to come to a solution. And, and Rosalind, you know, you're, the, the question you asked was the segregation and integration. Everybody yes. would stand segregate. You got, I mean, you know what? When Dr. King was talking about us integrating, he wasn't talking about us giving up everything. That's right. He was saying, he was saying, get the knowledge. Get the knowledge of what's going on so that we can move forward and continue to proceed forward. But one thing we didn't have, I'm going to close it right here. One thing we didn't have, we didn't have the media exposure that we have available to us today. But are we talking about black family today? the way we talked about black family yesterday. And, yeah. I'm not, and I, I ask you to think about that. Because yesterday, a man said to a woman, I love you. Today, a woman says to a man, I want to have what? You fill right. in the blank. You fill in the blank. Yeah. That's been Rodney Best, and I'm throwing it back to you, Barbara. Wow. All right, all right. So listen, everybody, you've been listening to Straight Talk. Now, listen, on T25CL, you can tune in. You heard tonight from Sandra Keys with Keys to the Kingdom. That comes on Friday nights at 730. We have uh, uh, Unana, uh, Pastor Unani Kweku, uh, and uh, Corey Jeffries. Their show is on Thursdays called Soul Vibrations. Wednesdays, we heard from the uh, great Rosalind Jordan Mills, where you can also download her music on our website, which is www.teachers5cl.com. And her show is Robin's Corner coming on tomorrow night, 7.30. Then, of course, we have Compton Politics on Monday night. So, you know, we've got great shows in store for you. You can get your agenda heard. Uh, please patronize. And my thought is, if you just pick two products, all of us as people of color, Pick two products that you only buy from black people, and let's start wheeling our money back in and purchasing from black, from our businesses, from businesses that support our community, and stop buying this made in China. We've got to stop it just because it's cheaper. Now, Lorraine, I would like you to explain to us where we're going to be Wednesday on the 8th at 2 yes. Yes, Wednesday the 8th of June, uh, my beloved twin son's birthday, we will be at City Hall. 
at number one, Franco Guavo Plaza. We will hold a press conference outside at 2 o'clock, and at 3 o'clock we'll go inside for a reception. Free Bird World Free Burrito told me today that they're going to provide the food that we need, tacos, ideas, and and beverages and all, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna get a cake from somewhere, a coffee, and we're, it's gonna be a light reception for us, but no one will leave hungry, and uh, we're just gonna have a great time. I'm just gonna love to see every. I just want to see everybody there to celebrate well, the launch of 1000 Mother Safety app in memory of twin sons, my twin sons, Abadi and Obadiah Taylor, very very brilliant young men, and I, I we just want to help save our community. We are stronger together. And we just love you. We love everybody, and we want us to feel safer, and we don't want to give uh, to, we want to decrease any excuses as to why these cases are not being solved. We don't want the violence, but we know that there's a possibility there will be violence, but we want you to hold on to your safety app so that you can be sure and capture whatever's going on around you. Barbara and Rodney and, and my Friend Rosalind, thank you all so much for having me tonight. It's just been a pleasure. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you. Safe travels back to the Bay Area. Enjoy Atlanta. Enjoy your family. We thank you. Rodney Best, oh, you're oh, May I please give the website where you can go and read more about 1000 Mothers Safety app? www.1000mothers.org, 1000mothers.org. You see the privacy statement up there that Apple's needed us to, to put on the website. And you'll also see a page where you see the prototype and it kind of give a little brief description of what can happen with the app and more information. By tomorrow, I'm hoping that I can somehow in the air be able to put the link from Apple on the website. Otherwise, you just go to the App Store and download 1000 Mothers uh, Safety App. Okay? Oh, that's wonderful. We're so proud of you, uh, Dr. Taylor. Thank you so much for uh, coming live from Atlanta. Rodney Best, you are the best. Wealth and executive producer for our show. We thank you. Again, we thank you, Rosalind. We thank you, Sandra Keys. We thank you for all those who called in. We thank you for everybody listening. We shout out to the T25CL staff as they continue to uh, pursue the premiere for United We Stand. And everybody, we thank you for listening and to all a good night. Good night. Good night. night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.